I was coming into the teenage years, my brother, who was probably about 20 years old, of course, he was going out with his friends and they would go down to Asbury Park. And I remember him coming home so jazzed and encouraged and excited because he had seen this guy, Bruce Springsteen, playing at the Stone Pony. Now, I didn't even really know where that was. I was probably 13 years old. and But he was so excited. And I will always remember that, how he came home and he told me about this guy. And then pretty soon thereafter, he came home with the Born to Run album. And it's just something I'll always see in my mind, the, the cover of that album. That That's iconic, Bruce, for me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me is a surprise guest, pulling back the curtain. I am part of a group where other podcast hosts pitch that, hey, I need guests, and and guests pitch, hey, I want to be interviewed, and uh, Jane was came up on my list, and I went, hey, I want to talk about music. <gasps> I love Bruce. Pick me. So, Jane, welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Thank you. It's really fun to be here on this podcast, on your podcast with all things Bruce. Yeah, thank you. So I really am looking forward to talk about your books, your your journey, and your Bruce fandom. But I always like to, first off, give us a little bit about yourself. Give us your elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. Jane Wessler is a psychotherapist, an attorney, and who has become an author and talking about myself in the third person. So it's a little weird. I was just picturing that as a psychotherapist, I actually worked on the locked psychiatric unit in the hospital where Bruce Springsteen was born. And we'll get back to that, but, wow. but I'm a Jersey girl. I was born at Fitkin hospital, which is what I, so that's a trick question. So when people tell me, some people act like a little snooty about living in New Jersey sometimes and act as if they've been around forever. And so I say, oh, I was born at Fitkin Hospital. And I wait to see if there's dawning awareness on their face. And sometimes there is, and they get it. And other times they have no idea what I'm talking about. So when I was born the hospital was called Fitkin Hospital. It is now Jersey Shore Medical Center. In fact, I think it's Jersey Shore Medical University Center. It's absolutely enormous now. But when I was born many years ago, it was a very small hospital. So I have been around the block in Monmouth County, and that's where Bruce is from. So I, So he's embedded in my life. But I grew up listening to a lot of music, a lot of classic rock and 
and I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's all right, Jane, you're but, doing great. I, I love <laughs> that. Yeah. I always like to start beginning growing up in Jersey, your family, right? Did you, you see, so you're saying they listened to a lot of classic rock. Was that what your, are you, a? are you, do you have siblings? Was that what your parents listening to? Where did this music come from? I'm the baby of four and my mom listened so we had a lot of silence in our house actually there was Mm. silence and then there was uh, Broadway show tunes or special music at the holidays I remember my mom going to see the movie Dr. Zhivago and that was a big deal back in the day and we had a giant stereo console in the living room and so she got the LP and she used to play that and and then my older sister was a teenager when the Beatles were wild and crazy popular. And so we listened to a lot of the Beatles in the house. And that was really fun. I grew up with, yeah, and Simon and Garfunkel and some of those, the older music, which was really fun. And then as a kid, I listened to Michael Jackson when he was a kid and some James Taylor. And when I was coming into the teenage years, my brother, who was probably about 20 years old, of course, he was going out with his friends and they would go down to Asbury Park. And I remember him coming home so jazzed and encouraged and excited because he had seen this guy, Bruce Springsteen, playing at the Stone Pony. Now, I didn't even really know where that was. I was probably 13 years old. and But he was so excited, and I will always remember that, how he came home and he told me about this guy. And then pretty soon thereafter, he came home with the Born to Run album. And it's just something I'll always see in my mind, the, the cover of that album. That That's iconic, Bruce, for me. And my brother brought a lot of classical music, classic rock, excuse me, not classical, classic rock music in the house. He used to spend his spare money on music. And so he had a huge library of music. And all the good classic rock was being made or had been made and was popular when I was a teenager. Led Zeppelin, Jethro Tull, the Allman Brothers, The Doors, that's the music of my teenage years. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, great stuff. One of the things that has been a theme in this podcast as I've been doing it for the past seven or so years is siblings. And your story is, while unique to you, not totally unfamiliar to me because siblings the often an older sibling will influence you and i always think of that cameron crow almost famous scene where his older daughter his older sister leaves and she leaves him all these albums and he's flowing through and he sees like pet sounds and sometimes the other thing happens that the older sibling the younger sibling rebels and okay 
they're into classic rock, so I'm going to be into punk, or I'm going to be this other area. And then if you're the older sibling, you're the one who influences. So that's pretty interesting. One of the other things that comes up is if you grow up in the New Jersey area and the East Coast area, asking when you first discovered Bruce is often like asking when did you know your parents used Tide washing detergent? Right? <laughs> it's, like, it's just always been there, right? Yes. So you had a good story about your brother doing this. Did did you embrace the music right away when you when he's all excited about Bruce? Did you start listening to the albums? And if can you articulate why it spoke to you? I did listen to it and. I didn't really have to make much effort to listen to it either, Jesse. I it was playing in the house and it's such a backdrop of my life really. It's kind of funny because the podcasts that I go on are usually different and this one is a fun podcast for me to do because it's about my growing up life, my childhood. Bruce Springsteen the boss is just such a great storyteller. And I was thinking about him today because we were going to be talking. And it is amazing to me that he is 73 years old. He's going to be 74 in September. And I feel it's funny because I, the first thing I thought was like, I feel like he belongs to me. <laughs> and I think probably a lot of people who live at what most people call the shore feel that way. I used to say I grew up at the beach, but nobody says that. If you say you grew up at the beach, they don't know what you're talking about. So it's the Jersey Shore. I think anybody who's a native, what we used to call a clam digger, people or other people called us clam diggers. We feel like Bruce is ours. He was born and raised in Monmouth County. Uh, he wrote stories about his childhood. And they connect, we connect with those stories. They're about our growing up. And even if what happened to us isn't exactly what happened to Bruce, there are parallels there. We connect with them. They're evocative of our childhood and the striving that we had and our adolescence wanting to break free some of the things that happened to us. Maybe there was violence or things you had to deal with as a kid that maybe you couldn't ask your parents for help or you just didn't know. And this is what Bruce Springs sings about. And so it, to me, it's integrated into my childhood and my young adult years too, for sure, because he kept singing and making music and uh, and evolving himself, and we evolved along with him. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The I do get that feeling when I have people from the east coast and there is a sense of community he's ours right he's there i you are not the first to say there is this sense of belonging and think of that movie a few years ago blinded with the light that was set in the uk and the character was muslim and in Pakistanian, right? And his he's he speaks to me this music. Why is this guy from Jersey telling the story of me of the Pakistanian youth in the UK? And I think it is because of those universal themes of that he explores. And as he as we grow, he's growing with us. I'm gonna skip ahead on the agenda a little bit because your day gig. Right, you mentioned you are not only an attorney, but you are a psychologist. Bruce was very vocal in his biography, his biography about his depression. Had you read the book and thoughts on that? I no, I no, I did not read the book, and I really should read that book. I'm gonna okay. make a note to myself, okay. yeah. but no, and I'm so happy that he was able to talk about it. Uh, he, he might have been one of the first well-known celebrities to speak about it. It's really important that people do speak up because it it helps everyone else open the doors 
and get help and get treatment. There is a famous writer, William Styron. He wrote Sophie's Choice, that that movie, the book, actually. He wrote the book, and he's written a number of other books. And he suffered from depression, too. And he wrote a book called uh, Darkness Visible. And as part of my graduate work, I had to read that. And that book will raise the hair on your arms and the back of your neck. Because if you've never experienced depression... It's not what people think it is. It is a mental disease and has different roots, different different causes. But William Styron, this famous novelist who had won a major award and was being awarded this award in Paris, came very close to taking his own life. And his luckily, his wife stepped in and forced him to get treatment. But he said, depression is not the right word for this disease. It should be called brainstorm or something because it just attacks you and it gives you no rest. So I didn't read what Bruce wrote. What was the essence of what he talked about? One of the things in, I don't know if you've seen the movie Western Stars, which he did. So that's your other homework. Western Stars was an album he did about three albums ago, very much in the Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell, Burt Bacharach styles of songs. And so instead of touring, he filmed this band. It wasn't the E Street Band, a different band performing the album live. And it's a beautiful film. It's filmed there on his property at this barn he owns. But in one of the things he shared is there was a time in his life that if he, if you loved him, he would hurt you as quickly as possible as almost in, in advance of you hurting him. And, Going into the autobiography, the two things I really wanted to know was his thought process of firing the E Street Band. And then was he going to mention anything about his first marriage? Because mm-hmm. hardly nothing is talked about that. And Julianne Phillips, very active on Twitter, but doesn't discuss this, her life with Bruce whatsoever. And he said that after they were married, they were at a restaurant and he was staring at her going, she is so incredibly beautiful. She is so incredibly loving. She is so wonderful. And if she really knew who I was, she would not be with me whatsoever. Amazing. Yes. And I, he he talks a lot in the autobiography about his book, about his dad and his relationship. And I would love for you, after you read the book, let's book this again so you can talk about it from a fan perspective and from put your work day gig job on it. But he just mentioned that I think it was so powerful because he's Bruce effing Springsteen. He is on the cover of Time and Newsweek. 
when you discuss the greatest rock and roll songs of all time, Born to Run is in the discussion. I'm not saying it is the greatest rock song. It's in the discussion. If you bring that up, most rock critics will go, okay, yeah, but then bring up others. Millions of people records, Born in the USA, all these hits, all this worldwide acclaim, and he's fighting depression, which tells you that this is more than just just put a put a smile on it. Just get over it. Pick yourself up. Do a check up from the neck up. Fake it till you make it. And there, are, I think there are all times when there are when we're having bad times, quote unquote, and then there's depression and they are two different things that are very good. So I agree with you. I was very impressed with, he got involved in therapy. He talked about there was, he was having a bad time at once and Patty, okay, you need to go back. They need to adjust your meds. And he talks about that, that, and I do think that is good for people to see that if, and we'll get serious for just a minute. Robin Williams, the uh-huh. one of the kindest, funniest men in the world, loved suicide. Bodine, the a chef known for the world, uh-huh. right? And it that cloud of itself is just so scary and it's why we i don't think you could say enough enough ask for help reach out to people and know that it's not a weakness to say i need to talk to somebody i need to be there for someone so suicide is a huge problem and in fact it's it was part of the theme of my first novel, Railroaded. Okay. And it's, I, I see this little meme that that has been passed around on Facebook, probably elsewhere. And it's Winnie the Pooh, Pooh and Piglet, and they are walking down the road away from the viewer. And Piglet says to Pooh, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? And Pooh says, ask for help. Because none of us want to ask for help, particularly in the United States, where we have rugged individualism and you're supposed to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And if you don't, you're a snowflake. And God forbid you should ever fit any of those stereotypes but it's important to be interdependent and to recognize that that fantastic old movie it's a wonderful life demonstrates that each person is unique and has a huge impact on the world and without you the world would be vastly different and I had this story in my mind for quite a long time that I wanted to write and 
I started working on it when I was no longer worked full time as an attorney. And I really wanted to get it written. And I started dedicating certain hours during the week to getting the story written. And actually, when I first was writing it, the title came to me, Locomotive Breath by Jethro Tull. It would have been a great, great title, but I did petition Ian Scott Anderson for the right to actually put some of the lyrics on the fly leaf inside mm-hmm. and the company that ma- manages the licensure came back to me and said, the artist says you may not use the lyrics and you may not use the title. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't copyright a title, but you can trademark it. And he had trademarked it. So wow. I ended up calling it railroaded, but it's a story about a, a young man teenager who was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He had suffered some ADHD and there is an epidemic of suicides in front of the train. And it involves, it's set right there at the Jersey shore where I grew up. And sometimes kids use that methodology to take their own lives. And I really wanted to tell the story about this kid and how he came very close Uh, to taking his own life, but he didn't because it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And there is so much over the horizon that you can't see. But as you're bringing up, we need others to help and we need to be open and we need to make ourselves vulnerable. And I need to say that to myself just as much as anybody else needs to hear it because I have pride and I don't want people to see me as weak, like a lot of people. So I I have to applaud somebody in that position. And in the past year or so, we've seen a number of of athletes come out and say, you know what? I need a mental health break. Look at Michael Phelps and all of the commercials. I just love that guy that he does that. He does a lot of commercials talking about getting help and getting counseling and the tennis player and our famous greatest of all time gymnast. She had to take a mental health break during the Olympics. Good for her. Yeah. I'm here in Dallas. So Dak Prescott, which is the Dallas Cowboy quarterback talked about his mother had died of colon cancer. His, he'd had a brother commit suicide and he talked about that, it was tough that sometimes he needed mental help and he needed, and there were people who I won't even justify saying their name. Come on, you're a quarterback. You're the leader. I don't want a leader of my football team admitting he needs help. And I'm going, no, that's, I think that is the strength to say I I tell this at work often, and this is not as important, but I go there, there's no weakness. It's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. Right. If you aren't sure how to do something at a job, raise your hand, right? Okay. Hey, it's okay. On something even more important, 
about that. And uh, and now I feel like I should apologize, Jane, because I, we had said we were going to have this light discussion. <laughs> we're going to talk about music, and I've led you down this other path. <laughs> but isn't everything in life integrated? And music is a is a, it's part of the comfort that we have, and it's part of our culture. Music is so much, and if music is a tool for for healing if we allow it to be it can bring us up out of darkness at times and i actually write about that in a different book a non-fiction book of mine where i talk about how to soothe yourself and how to make yourself feel better and that is one of the tools that we can use and we can't be afraid to talk about subjects that that might be difficult they don't have to be too difficult and it's okay. It's okay to talk about them. I totally agree. In 2017, I was diagnosed with colon cancer and I'm fine. I always make sure I put that out there. I'm, I'm fine. And, but I had to go through six, eight rounds of chemo and I, I made an F cancer playlist on my oh. <laughs> and I picked Bruce music and other you musicians that I loved and and I didn't listen to podcasts I didn't watch streaming tv I did nothing my my wife said do you want me to drive and I said if it's not gonna if you won't be offended I just as soon go to the chemo and I don't have to worry about you I can just let them put in the chemicals and I will close my eyes and I will just listen to my music. And, and so you, and you went by yourself? Yeah. Wow. And uh, so it, she went on the first one and then once she saw like, okay, you're good and you're going to go. And the, and that music is what got me through it. That music playing that was, what I had. And I specifically picked music that brought me joy, that brought me happiness, that made me smile. And I think that's the power of whether it's Bruce Springsteen or Prince or Led Zeppelin or Barry Manilow or Donna Summer or Linda Ronstadt or Whitney Houston or pink, or just name whatever you artist. There is no such thing as guilty pleasure. There is pleasure. And if that music brings you joy, then it's a blessing that we get. That's an amazing story. And it's good that you shared it. That music lifted you up. It was almost like, you know, a heavy machinery. Yes doing the heavy lifting of your soul, your spirit. I wonder if any of your listeners need that F cancer playlist. Yeah. I guess it's individualized as you right. said, but people yeah. might be interested no, but in it. Is, if you on, on Spotify, if you let, there is an F cancer playlist. I did <sighs> put it on Spotify and I'm often picked at, that right now there's a small but vocal group of Springsteen fans that 
He's forgotten where he's came from. He's charging too much for tickets. He sold his catalog for half a billion dollars. He's hanging around with Barack Obama, blah, 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 blah. And I go through it. The guys, the guy has been the soundtrack of our lives. He has been, he, you, people have played him at their weddings. They have played him at their father's and mother's funerals. They've been there for the birth of your children. They have been in, in this music, regardless of what you feel about him personally. I personally think he's a very great person, but that music is there for us. And that is a blessing that we have. Anyway. Got serious there for a little bit, Jane. I appreciate it. I'm going to check out the book. What Now, you've got two novels, you said, correct? I have two novels. I have eight books, and number nine is coming out. So this is Railroaded. Yes. And that, that's the 18-year-old Will Van Dalen finds himself betrayed and framed for a crime he didn't commit. And then I have Everybody's Darling, which is also set at the Jersey Shore. Okay. And that is, that's an interesting book about a, a woman who had a tough life growing up. And uh, it's her, it's a story of courage. I love themes in books. So it's a story of courage and redemption. And then the third novel that's coming out this spring is going to be Ride the Storm which used to be Riders on the Storm. Okay. Uh, great soundtrack for that, but I didn't even bother to ask if I could use that. I just decided it's just easier to change the title at this point. And so those that's going to be book number nine. They're on my website, janewessler.com, and my name is J-A-Y-N-E. So I have a bookshelf there if anybody's interested particularly those books that are set at the Jersey Shore. Same county as Bruce grew up in. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to go back to Bruce just for a moment. Though, thank you. I warned you, we go on tangents on this podcast. I always like to preface the amount of times someone has seen Bruce perform live is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, depending on your age, where you grew up, your economic situation. I have had people who have never seen him. They've been on the podcast. I've had people that have seen him over a hundred times. Oh my gosh. I do want to share as we're recording this, it's April 12th. Someone just posted on Facebook that on last night's show or the night before, there was a young young girl, maybe seven or eight, maybe a little younger, had a sign. I've been waiting for this my whole life. <laughs> and Bruce saw it and Bruce signed her poster uh, and put a heart on it. <laughs> that's adorable. That is adorable. Her whole life, seven yes, years. Exactly, exactly. That's right. <laughs> As the great Neil Gaiman said in his in the Sandman comics, what do you get? We all get one, a lifetime, and we don't know how long that's going to be. But if have you gotten to see Bruce perform live? And if so, do you count how many times? I'm one of those people who I've never seen Bruce okay. live. And 
My apologies, Mr. Springsteen. I have not been to a live concert in a very long time. I used to go when I was young. Saw the Grateful Dead uh, when I was very young. Went with my brother. I shouldn't have been allowed to go, but... (laughs) But... uh, I had a family when I was very young, and so I was very busy with with little ones, and so I didn't make the the rounds. But we were listening. I, I remember driving in the car, and my daughter Teresa was probably two years old, and born in the USA was playing, and she said to me, "Mommy." that little man was born in the USA (laughs) thinking that he was singing from inside of the radio. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's good. All right. We got to get you to show. That's right. The second round of the tour when he comes back. (laughs) My other homework. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No. Yeah. No. Do you have favorite songs, albums? I absolutely do. And I would say that, the first one is my favorite that's where it all starts the birth of the boss Mm -hmm. uh that black and white cover Uh, i can see my brother standing in the front yard looking so gleeful and young and happy and and there it was bruce's first album so that that song baby i was born to run baby we were born to run all of those songs are so great. So I think those are my favorites. I probably, it's hard to say which one is the most favorite. I love Glory Days and She's the One. But just, he has such a, he had such a different sound. Yeah. Uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Dancing in the Dark, Born in the USA, My Hometown, but Thunder Road, I listened to it again today, and it still gives me goosebumps. Yeah. But it's when you're, we're all looking for a little magic in our lives, aren't we? And and music can do that. Music can do so much. You used it to, to help yourself heal. And to keep yourself mentally strong and to buoy yourself up through a very challenging time. And I believe absolutely that has, because it it has an effect on our psyche, on our psychological self, that in turn has an effect on our physical self. I don't think there's any question. I think there's a lot of studies that demonstrate that. And It'd be interesting to to look at some of the studies about music and what music can do, but we all relate to that. When that when you're a teenager and you are looking for some freedom, that's part of our development as human beings. When we go through adolescence, we are we love our parents or our guardians, whoever we're living with. We love them and we hate them. We want to get away <laughs> and that yeah. anger helps us to set off and to get away from home. And I think part of, you know, Bruce's struggles when he was a young man are embodied in his music and 
but in a thrilling way. It's really exciting to think about getting out and getting away. When I was listening to Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller on his podcast several years ago, and he talked about that he would be unhappy when friends of his children would mention how much they love classic rock. And he'd go, no, rock and roll is about music your parents can't stand. It's part of the rebellion. When you get older, you have during that, but you need to listen to music that your parents turn that blank down because it's part of that youth and part of that rebellion. It is... I have my son is now 34, but I remember when he was a teenager and you would, you try to explore and what do I do? And you'd have people explaining to you that they, it's part of the process of them pushing the limits is how they grow and how they move. And that doesn't make it any easier for either one of you. And A couple of years ago, when Bruce was touring, he did Independence Day from the river, which is all about him and his father. And it really struck me that he had written that while he was in his 20s. And now then he was singing it when he was in his 60s. And the roles have been reversed, right? He wrote this when he would have been the young man's age. And now he's singing it and he is seeing it from his father's eyes Mm -hmm. and that give and take is so important in what we're doing. I love that. What are you working on anything besides the novel or is that the next book coming up? Is the novel ride the storm? That's the novel that is. Yes. It's been edited and it is in its last finishing touch segment and so that that is what i'm gonna put out when soon when do you think it'll publish pardon me sometime this spring okay yes i'm hoping all right good you can't control everything i understand (laughs) you'll keep me posted we're doing that that is awesome i should say maybe one of the things I do in case we are all of a certain age at this yes. point. And one of the themes of my books, three of my books have been about bone health because as we age, particularly for women's bones thin, and yes, often we get diagnosed with osteoporosis or osteopenia. And that happened to me. And I learned a lot because there was no satisfactory treatment except to take this medication, which if you look into it, doesn't look so good. There are potentially very negative, even lethal side effects to the medication and medication really doesn't do a good job at healing. It doesn't really heal bones. And so I set out to find some answers and I started a Facebook group for women because I was 
quite compelled for a very long time about this. And so in case anybody's listening, there's help for that. And uh, you can find my Facebook group, Osteoporosis or Osteopenia, Increase Your Bone Density Without Medication. And you can go to my website, janewessler.com. And there's a lot of resources there, free videos and things that can help you. So I do work on that regularly and consistently. So I'm looking at your Amazon page and why the diversity? What, why <laughs> the hurt so good? Let's be sexy. Let's talk about orgasms and emotional <laughs> terms. But you, did you, did you always know you wanted to do both? You wanted to do nonfiction and fiction? Is that I, something? I, no, no, <laughs> I did not know that. I've always wanted to be a writer. I, in in a sense, I was born a writer. It's something okay. that I came with. And I've always written in one form or another. And I've always wanted to write books, but I was busy raising a family and having a career. And so it wasn't until I got older and my kids were older and more self-sufficient that this really started to gnaw away at me to say, I need to erupt. I need to come out. I need to be born. Please write me. And when I started to write with the intention of writing fiction and actually had I had finished the first book, which was Locomotive Breath, now railroaded. Finished that, put it aside in the a tradition of Stephen King, the master. Uh, he, he wrote a book called On Writing, and he's a former English teacher. And the guy is just simply brilliant, a brilliant storyteller. But he writes and Bruce sings. It's different. Right. Although Stephen King does play, <laughs> he is a musician. So it's funny. So I finished that book and I started on Ride the Storm, but it eventually became too much with trying cases and whatnot. And so I put that aside. And years later, I was finally able to come back around to it, but I, I had joined a book class where you would write your book in 12 weeks and you did it you did it along with everybody else and that, that helped create a momentum and it was during covid so i thought let me just do this and but the timeline was too restrictive for me to feel creative and so i wrote this first book Handbook for Parents of Children with Special Needs, a Therapeutic and Legal Approach, because that's how I spent the bulk of my career, helping children who have special needs of many kinds. And that's partly why this book, Railroad, is written, because it's about a kid with ADHD. A lot of people have disabilities, and you can't tell they have disabilities, but they do have challenges that you and I might not have. And it's about a kid who had particular challenge got and then he ended up in trouble couldn't find his way out and that's where he considers taking his own life so that's a first book that I wrote and then this other book needed to be written 
hurts so good an orgasm of tears. It is actually something that I had thought about and just believed to be true. Some people cry easily. Some people are soft-hearted. I happen to be one of those people in all of my life. People have scorned that. Oh, you're too sensitive. And I loved something you said earlier, Jesse, was you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys quarterback who did what some people consider the unmanly thing and said, hey, I need help. No, that is strength. And when you can allow yourself to demonstrate your emotional side, that's also a strength. And so I wrote about that in this book. I wrote about the different kinds of tears humans have because we're the only species that cries emotional tears and the chemical makeup of them is different. And it's interesting to find out that before the industrial era, it was men who cried more often than women and who, and in Italy, the men cry the most and there are roles assigned to this. It's quite fascinating. And there's quite a lot more study and research done on this topic than I would have thought. But I just felt that this physiologic process that happens in your body was similar to the sexual climax that happens. And it turns out that's quite true. And that's where that book came from. So I needed to get that book. I had to just get it out of me. And I did that. And then I started writing on the No Bones About It book, which is was the story of my initial discovery that, as my doctor said, my bones were thinning at an alarming rate, but he wasn't going to do anything about it. And that was pretty scary. So I actually, in a year, figured out how to increase my own bone density without medication. And then once I had actually done that, I didn't know it would work, but it did. And so I wrote that book and I started the Facebook group because I knew that there were millions of other people out there who were facing that dilemma. Uh, and then I wrote a workbook to go along with the tears book. Yes. And... The question I have is, and this probably is one of those choose your favorite child, but fiction, nonfiction, is it? Oh, fiction, use... fiction. Okay. I needed to get these nonfiction books written and out of the way. And now I'm doing what I love to do. I, I love to write. I love being Tell an stories. author. Yes, it's fun. It's fun to craft mm-hmm. stories. I love to read. It's an absolute pleasure. And a lot of people feel that way. Some people want to hear their their stories in a song, and that's fun. And then you get the music with it, which is so delightful. And music can be can tone you down it can lift you up it can calm you it can give you inspiration but written words can do that too and i i feel energized by that and uh, i love doing so yes it's fiction that's and i i've got a facebook jane wessler author so i would love for people to follow me there I will include that link in the notes. 
railroaded every way's darling and ride the storm coming soon yes <laughs> uh, while you were talking I, I did go to picked up both books on kindle and oh uh, thank so, you yes. so because i'm looking forward to reading both stories that they both sound very good what have i not asked you that i should have jane oh what a great question so let me say a little bit about everybody's darling because i didn't really share this uh, the story we were raised to think about others and do, doing podcasts is is a good way for me to talk about myself even though that's not what we were taught to do as kids so everybody's darling actually stemmed from something that was growing inside of me for many years and that is watching my mom who's a single parent for most of my life struggle with life's challenges and just maintain her cheerful optimistic demeanor and and she remember tub something i get i get knocked down but i sure. get up again she would get knocked down but she would get up again every single time and these days, she's 91, almost 92, and has a lot of physical struggles, and she's moved to a an assisted living facility. And some of us never get past our high school personalities. And there's a woman who lives there who said very nastily to my mom, oh, look, it's everybody's darling, because my mom is very kind and generous and uh, she came into the dining hall one day and a man got up and pulled her chair out for her. And so this woman just sneered at her. And when my mom told me that story, I immediately, that's when everything coalesced. And I said, I am writing a book about, it's a fiction book. It's based on her life, but I wanted to capture her essence because not everybody has a mother like mine. And we suffer if we don't. My mother is very nurturing and kind and generous. And I wanted to capture her like you would capture a gorgeous perfume and share that with people. And I hope that in a parallel way to the music that heals us, I hope that the book can be a joy, a delight, and maybe a healing tincture for some. I'm smiling because of the mentioned podcasting and speaking about ourselves. I posted on a forum I follow, I said, you have to be a little bit of a narcissist to be a podcaster. Never forget when I first was going to get into podcasting, my lovely bride said, why would anyone want to hear what you have to say? <laughs> my son never lets her forget that. And so I mentioned, I said, this may seem egotistical, but 
my my Bruce podcast is hitting a thousand episodes. And congratulations, by thank the you. way. Yes. And so if you want to promote your own podcast, send me a voicemail saying your name, what's what's the name of your podcast, and hey, congratulations hitting a thousand. And I'll I'll include that as an intro onto my podcast. And and it felt a little weird, right? Should I not ask people to, hey, can you send me congratulations? But it is a big deal, right? A thousand episodes is something to accomplish. And I think I've done a good job of sharing people's stories. I've had wonderful people like yourselves that tell stories of their own challenges and how music has helped them get through it. Friends have helped them get through it. And I trying to be this kind of bright spot in the internet talking about the good that, you know, people we share by loving and enjoying music. And we need that. And especially now, I, I believe it. There are people who are home. People work from home now. People don't go out as much. There are a lot of pe- people are very much affected by COVID and by the political unrest in the country. A lot of people stay home and they listen instead. Yeah. That's how they get connected. So that's an important thing to have to be able to access the good. And there's we need more good news. And if you don't ask, you don't get it. That's even a scripture verse, right? Ask and ye shall receive. But yeah. it's also... There's a famous trial attorney, Jerry Spence, who represented the first lady of the of Manila, I think it was, with her giant okay. shoe collection. Right. Yeah. So he would just, his lesson, his story is, he asks the jury for what he wants. And a lot of times... They give him what he wants. They give him what he asks for. And you have to learn to ask. You have to learn to ask. I have to learn to ask. And everybody listening in your audience has to learn to ask for what you want. And And that's. And I also think as we're wrapping things up, because I've kept you way too long and you've been very kind, to ask for help. I'm going to go back to this. There is no weakness in saying, I need help. And I end every podcast during COVID. I ended every podcast with go get, remember to wash your hands, remember to social distance, go get vaccinated. And we've now moved on where I end every podcast with let's be safe and let's be kind to each other. And Jane, there's a lot of anger out there. And I am as angry as anyone. I am a blueberry in a very strawberry state. I live in Texas. I am not happy at all with the political situation in this state. And it's easy to get angry. It really is angry. And I don't know. I certainly think we should fight for change. And I think we should should argue and do what we need to do to make this place the world a better place to live but you hold on to your anger but don't fall to your fears as bruce said and i think that is wise advice 
I agree with you. And I think that we need to remember that we're all Americans. Yes. Uh, and let's not let's not get our news from social media. Let's let's remember that our neighbors and the people in our community are essentially good people and we all have a lot of things in common and we need to start there. And I'm glad that you brought us back to the idea of asking for help. Asking for help is a strength and there are people in the world who need us. Um, it's important to be needed. And even if you don't know where you're needed, you can find where you're needed. And don't forget that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And if you or anyone you know is having thoughts of suicide, they can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Reach out and save a life today. Absolutely. Said it is so important and I remind myself that a lot. I'll, before we get to the Mary question, I'll, I'll tell a fun story. So someone, one of my best friends is a very, very conservative, very smart, and truly is what you call old school Republican, less government, just truly, and I was talking about that. We were going back and forth and someone on social media said, I could not be friends with someone like that. And I said, when I was in the hospital filing colon cancer, my friend was in the hospital every night that I needed to so that my wife could go home and get rest. And he would stay till I fell asleep and then he would leave. Wow. So don't tell me that's not a good friend. Absolutely. I'm not going to let, you know, red, blue, if a good person is a good person and a good friend is a good friend. And um, my buddy Sam said, why the hell are you telling that story? Don't do that. Because that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs> so, yes. Well, that um, reminds me of a proverb as iron yeah. sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And just because we have different beliefs doesn't mean we can't talk about them and maybe learn from one another and be open-minded to one another. And that's really important. I truly agree. That is the, if I could put it down to one issue, it's that we, uh, another one of my friends said, um, I want safe borders. You want safe borders. We disagree how to get to it. Shouldn't we be able to find a middle solution that gets us both what we want? You want everyone to have health insurance. I want everyone to have health insurance. Shouldn't we be able to figure out a way together to make what we both want happen? And yes. that isn't what happens right now. It's you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And we could move forward. So we got to <laughs> in there together. All right. Yes, 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 we do. This has been so much fun. I, I've had, we've gone the whole gambit of serious and fun and light so we got to end with the Mary question. Oh. <laughs> if, if you are a fan of Jane's books and you are finding this podcast, she has done very you very proud. She is a wonderful person, and I want her to come 
back on the podcast anytime she wants. But Jay Armstrong is a retired honors English teacher. He, when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road. They would break them apart as if you would a poem. They would look at the lyrics. They would look at the themes. They would talk about that the hero and Mary's choices. And at the end of the two days, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Jane, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? Wow. So that was quite a preface. And I, I, I had my answer, but now I'm thinking I approached it the wrong way. I didn't assess and analyze. I'm going to stick with my first answer, which is what you do when you take a test anyway, right? I'm going to say, of course, Mary gets in the car. It's her last chance. And Bruce is a... He's come to visit her all the time. He's a steady guy. He comes to visit her. And he's given her a chance. He's pulling out of there to win. And yeah, she gets in the car. Great answer. Thank you, Jane, so much. (laughs) I had a blast. I hope you had a good time. I did. Uh, Once again, pitch how people can find you. Oh, yes. Please find me on Facebook. It's Jane Wessler, author, J-A-Y-N-E. Don't forget the Y in my name, Wessler, W-E-S-L-E-R. You can find me on my website. It's also janewessler.com. There's a lot of help there for you if you have bone issues and some other issues. There's some stress reduction technique videos and things like that and my bookshelf with all my books on them so i would love for people to visit me there and thank you so much jesse for the opportunity you've been great so thank you so much for having this podcast congratulations on effing cancer and um and getting to past a thousand episodes of your podcast That is very kind of you. I will anytime ride the storms coming out pretty quickly, but the next novel, when you need to promote it, you got to come here and we'll do this again. Also your homework, read Bruce's autobiography and say, okay, Jesse, I want to come back and talk about the book. We'll do a book report. Sounds Um, great. Yes. Thank you, Jane. Listeners go out there. You've heard Jane. If you need help, raise your hand, ask for help. It's out there. We are there for you. But for now, be safe, be kind, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, So if you want to skip this, I understand. But I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at setlustingbruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z, where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order.
my Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast, with my brother in time, Charles Skaggs. And then finally, How Many Podcasts, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.